Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I are going to do a deep dive on Snow and Charming's characters. As always, we're going to start off by talking about what we've seen in already, and then we will let you know when we start to shift to a, the spoiler portion. Uh, so we'll give you a warning so you can turn it off if you haven't watched all of the show yet, uh, and we'll remind you uh, at the end of the show to go back and listen to the second half. Uh, I'm going to do a synopsis of what we've seen so far to uh, jog our memories. I like I'm just not even going to promise that it's going to be quick because it's just not. We've watched uh, we've watched these characters for four and a half seasons now. Well, we haven't completed season four. Three, one, two, three, four, half of the fourth season, three and a half seasons. Yes, sure. <laughs> three and three quarters. Um, So it's a lot. <clears throat> so, starting with the Enchanted Forest, the show opens with Charming racing to wake Snow White with True Love's Kiss, but we get much of their story out of order. I've tried to order it here. <laughs> um, starting with Snow, when she's young, Snow's mother, unbeknownst to her, is killed by Cora. And then Snow is saved by a young Regina from a runaway horse. And then Regina marries Snow's father. After Regina kills her father and sends the huntsman after her, Snow lives on the run. She meets Red, who teaches her how to track and hunt, and eventually meets up with the dwarves. And then Snow's obsession becomes gathering enough coin to escape Regina. Charming, or David, had a twin brother, James, whom his parents gave to Rumpelstiltskin in exchange for medicine when he was a baby. Rumpel then gave James to King George to raise as his own. David lived with his mother on their always failing farm, plagued by local thugs, <laughs> until Anna from Arendelle taught him to fight and stand up to Warlord Bo Peep. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, later, James is killed, and George recruits David to pretend to be James to save the kingdom from financial ruin. After slaying a dragon, David must marry Abigail, King Midas's daughter, and continue to pretend to be James. Then Snow and Charming meet. Snow steals David's mother's ring from his carriage. He tries to stop her, and she hits him in the head with a rock, and she sells the ring to Bridge Tolls. David tracks her down, trapping her in a net, and she dubs him Charming. She's then taken captive by the evil queen's men, and he saves her. They then track down the Bridge Trolls to retrieve the ring, and Snow saves Charming. She tries on the ring, and the spark of love begins, but they go their separate ways. They both struggle with their feelings, but Charming eventually comes to find Snow, who has taken a memory potion to forget the pain of loving him. He stops her from killing the queen, and she remembers herself. A series of each of them being captured by George or Regina occurs <laughs> until Regina gets Snow to eat the apple. Charming then wakes her with true love's kiss, and they get engaged and vow to take back the kingdom. They then fight Regina and eventually marry and then become pregnant. They learn that Regina plans to cast a dark curse, and their child will be the savior. On the eve of the curse, Snow gives birth, and Charming fights for the Queen's men to put Emma in the magical wardrobe, sending her to Maine. The curse sends them to Storybrooke. In Storybrooke, as they live under the curse, David is in a coma, and Snow is a lonely schoolteacher, Mary Margaret. When Emma arrives... Uh, Mary Margaret and Emma form a bond, and they live together in Mary Margaret's loft. David wakes up from the coma. He discovers that he's married to Catherine, who is actually Abigail, King Minus's daughter, and that he has feelings for Mary Margaret, and they carry on an affair in broad fucking daylight. 
when Catherine disappears and is later believed to be dead, they both face trials as they are accused of murder. When Catherine reappears, they are both acquitted, but their relationship is broken. Just as David is about to leave town, the curse breaks and they find each other. Wow, that was a lot. That was just season one. A lot happens to them in season one. A lot one. happens in season one. Season two, the rest is a lot shorter. In season two, uh, Snow follows Emma through the hat to the Enchanted Forest, where they meet Aurora and Mulan, fight ogres, and Korra, before finally returning to Storybrooke. Meanwhile, Charming holds down, the, holds down the fort in Storybrooke, electing himself sheriff and working with Regina to support Henry and get them back, get Snow and Emma back. Uh, Coral follows them back to Storybrooke, and Snow eventually uses an enchanted candle to curse Cora's heart and tricks Regina into killing her, darkening her own heart. In 3A, Snow and Charming travel with Emma, Regina, Rumpel, and Hook to save Henry from Neverland. Charming is hit with Dream Shade and keeps it from Snow. Hook provides Charming with a cure, but the price is that he has to stay on the island. Snow finds out and agrees to stay with him, but thanks to Rumpel, they're all able to return home. In 3B... After Pan's curse, they return to the Enchanted Forest without Emma, become pregnant, and fight with the Wicked Witch. In order to save everyone, Snow casts the Dark Curse, crushing the heart of the thing she loves most, Charming. But Regina is able to split Snow's heart so that she and Charming now share one fart. One heart. Fun fact. I cried while I was writing this. <laughs> Not shocked. Does that count as a Chelsea cried? Um, yes. <laughs> back in Storybrooke. They have no memories and have to figure out a way to defeat the Wicked Witch. Snow gives birth and the baby is taken by Selena, but saved by Regina in the end. 4A, Snow becomes mayor and Snow and Charming adjust to being new parents and struggle to be Emma's parent as her magic goes haywire. 4B, in the past, Snow and Charming sent Maleficent's child through a portal in order to ensure the goodness of their own child. And they have spent most of the season lying to Emma and trying to keep their secret. Woof. How did I do? Good. Thanks. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at. It's what we've seen so far. Obviously, recency bias. We'll talk about that a lot. But before we kind of dive into Snow and Charming together and their relationships with others in the show, we just wanted to talk a little bit about other instances of Snow White and Prince Charming we've seen in media. There's not a lot of Charming. Snow has a decent amount of instances, but I think I even looked it up during an episode. Charming is mostly like a placeholder. I mean, he doesn't even have a name. Yeah. He does not have a name. This might be the first time that he's given a real name. Maybe that TGIF show gave him Maybe. a Maybe. Yeah. Well, in the fairy tale, Snow White's evil stepmother hates her because she's the fairest of them all. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Prince Charming overhears Snow White singing one day and falls in love with her. Literally. Um... The evil queen sends the huntsman after Snow White, who runs through the woods and ends up at the dwarves' cottage. Uh, Snow White lives with the dwarves until the queen tricks her into eating a poisoned apple, and she falls into a sleeping curse. The prince finds her and wakes her with true love's kiss. That's it. Yeah, not, that's what happens. Not the best. Origin not the best story. Um, that is actually pretty accurate to what happens in the Disney movie. Like, they don't make a ton of changes there. Um, Roger alluded to there was a early TGIF show in 1988, The Charmings, where they like are in fish out of water story totally. Snow White, Prince Charming, uh, the Evil Queen, and a dwarf were like under a curse for a thousand years, and they wake up in like 1980s Los Angeles and have to live together. It was on for two seasons and then got canceled. Yeah, I don't remember, and I watched TGIF. Yeah, I mean, I was not alive when that came out, so. Um, 
And then there have been a couple, there were movies in the early 2000s. There was the Mirror Mirror movie with Julia Roberts. We talked about that a little bit when we did the Regina deep dive. I also, I have not seen that. Um, and then there's Snow White and the Huntsman, which I don't believe has charming at all. It's been a long time since I've seen I'm it. I'm pretty sure that's the Charlize Theron, yeah. um, Christian Stewart with the most insane premise ever that I'm supposed to believe that a mirror looked at Charlize Theron and went, nah, Christian Stewart's fairer than you are. Yeah. Maybe she's more pale. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm just spitting. Um, and they're currently making a live action Snow White movie with Rachel Ziegler. Hmm. I'm curious to see if they will update how they will update it. Um, there's a comic that I've mentioned a couple times on this show done by Vertigo, which is now owned by DC, that's called Fables. And it does talk about Snow White and Charming, and this is the one that's a little bit more dark. Like, okay. Charming and Snow end up getting divorced because she catches him in bed with, uh, Rose, I guess is who they call it. Briar Rose. I, uh, they call her Rose Red, but I think she's supposed to represent Briar Rose in this one. And that he's essentially just a, he's basically what James is in the show, so he's just a cheer. Um, and then there, there, I mean, there's been some, I can't remember which one it was, but there was a one that was like a real dark version where like Snow White went to the doors, but the doors were like doing some bad stuff to her and she goes back and kills them. Like there have been some variations of a really dark Snow White. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. Um, but I don't know that Snow White's character has ever really been, uh, no one's really like dived into it once upon a time did. And in the first three seasons maybe two seasons they're i mean they're an integral part of the story um rose red is not aurora that is actually the original grim fairy tale it's called snow white and rose red she's like another person oh so she's just her sister that's weird because they I never her sister in this one they're twin sisters yeah hmm they're two girls living with their mother yeah i guess they're sisters Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the biggest relationship to talk about here is Snow and Charming. Of course, because they are they are the the couple. They're the couple that launched this series with a man on horseback riding to wake the woman he loves. That's how it opens. Yeah. Uh. I wish they were the focus of the show. If I had my way, they would be the two main characters of the show. Well, and I think, I mean, if, obviously Emma is the main character of the show. Yeah, but in season one, there was a lot. Like, there was a lot I even didn't say. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like, season one is very much about them. Season one is the charming story versus Regina, and Emma is kind of there. But she's like an outsider. It's really not until about season three in which Emma now becomes the focus of the show, and then the Charmings are now just kind of off on the side. Yeah, I mean, all the like in almost the entirety of the flashbacks in season one are about either Snow, or, Snow and Charming or Regina, and usually both. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And well, in the good, I mean, like truth be told, their portrayals are fantastic. I think they're well cast. I think they're consistent for the most part. Obviously, the episode we just talked is like maybe the most inconsistent thing they've done ever. Um, but they're used and they're flawed. I mean, the thing I appreciate about them is they're not like perfect paragons of like humanity. Yeah. Snow White has flaws and Charming has flaws. I mean, they both were an adulterous relationship in season one, but like they're not for the most part fundamentally terrible people, but they do some fucked up shit. Well, and you see Snow go through a pretty significant arc that we don't really talk about because of how 
the enchanted forest flashbacks come to you in like this completely out of order way but she kind of goes from being like a spoiled brat to having to like learn to fend for herself and she's mostly selfish like she's stealing from people not like you know presumably from the queen's she she was mostly trying to steal from the queen she was surviving like yeah. robin hood um but she like doesn't really care about like this duty that she later comes to feel like oh i if i don't lead these people regina will like these are my people like i have i'm supposed to lead them but she's also afraid of regina yeah i'm would rightfully so rightfully but so. she definitely like comes into like oh we need to protect ourselves and everyone from yeah. the evil queen we don't get to see her come into her own unless you like piece it together over time yeah. because like you said it's out of order uh-huh um, and she's i mean she's very cynical like in when she's on the run and she definitely like becomes more that like paragon of hope yeah um partially due to charming's influence heavily due to um influence well because before she just thought all roles were pieces of shit yeah and true love was mostly just a thing that people talked about but didn't because i mean her cynicism is backed up by the fact that like she saw her father wax on and on about her mother and then her mother dies unexpectedly out of nowhere and her father can't let go and then he remarries and seems to not care about this new woman. Yeah. Who then murders him. Yeah. Her cynicism is valid. It's fair. And then someone tries to cut out her heart. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Well, yeah. And then her evil stepmom basically tries to murder her for the rest of the run time. Yeah. So, been a lot of bad that's happened to her. Well, I, I mean, she also, like, really... All she wanted was a family. So... And this is one of the inconsistencies. So all of those things are true. But at some point, she runs an aerial. And is still the Snow White that we come to know later back in the past. Because I talked about it in that episode. Yeah. The aerial flashback. She's like, no, you, you got to go. and You got to chase your true love. And we're like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? I think we forgot where we were in time. Current snow totally yes. makes sense. But And like I said, maybe this happened literally right after she ran into Charming, where she had changed. Um, I also like that the twist that I think is the best it isn't it's love at first strike but it's not like they immediately just fall in love and go happily ever after like they meet each other they very clearly have an attraction they go their separate ways and they kind of like find their way back to each other which is a theme of i will always find you but it's not the stupid like i found her in a meadow and i laid on hers and i knew immediately that was the one they not yeah. live their lives yeah i think like charming will often say like as soon as i saw the ring on her finger like i knew but i don't I mean, I think that was kind of the moment when it clicked, but I think that, like, their experiences prior to that, like, they both save each other's lives. They have kind of a... They have a connection before that happens. I've always thought that was the moment he knew, and I think that was the moment when she started to question it. Mm -hmm. like, I think before, she really was just so broken, and then yeah. he put the ring on and was like, uh-oh. And, <laughs> yeah. and then he was like, oh, nope. I Because I, he's much more... Like, if you think about the flashbacks... He is convinced that is the woman for him pretty much the rest of the time. And she's more or less like, eh, maybe. Like, she's not a hunt. And then, like, she kind of works her way to uh -huh. it, you know, over time. Because, I mean, even George, his plan is to kidnap Snow. He's like, yeah, just convince him otherwise. It's not the other way. They don't have to, they don't have to try to convince Snow because they know that, like, she's kind of here. Whereas, like, he's head over heels about her pretty quickly. 
That's why George kidnaps her. Sting. I think that she's pretty sure when George kidnaps her. Like, that's why it was so painful but, for him to have no one else is 100% sure the mm. way they are. 100% sure that Charming is. Like, that's why he's willing to leave the marriage that was protecting the kingdom. Yeah. Like, the stakes are much more raised for him than her. That's also why he doesn't, he's not even willing to accept that what she says could be true. Yeah. He's like, no, you're lying. I know you're lying. I mean, I greatly appreciate what the show has done to give both of them actual characterization and to make them interesting in a way that Snow White and Prince Charming just are not at all. It's kind of weird that you think that like this show does such a great job with them. Both sides of this relationship have character. Why do you think that that's interesting that I think that? No, no, I'm saying that it's interesting that this show is capable of doing that with some relationships. Oh, both yeah. sides of the relationship have a ton of character. Yeah. And then there are other relationships where we're like, what happened? Like, I know you, know, you guys know how to do this. Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of amazing. Well, and Snow is cool. Like, she's like. I would not call Snow cool. I would call Snow interesting. Sorry. She, I mean. She's way cooler than Snow White that cleans for dwarfs. Like, she knows how to use a bow and arrow. She can track. Uh, she can fight. Like, that's what, yeah. I mean, she's she also talks to Henry about Cradle Cap, which is not cool. One of the best episodes <laughs> is how Snow is just resigned. She's like, I'm a grandma. Like, I'm not. And it, it Charming is like, we are Yo, absolutely cool. I am cool, damn it. <laughs> I will prove to you how cool I am by letting you recklessly drive my truck. Like, but that's also like an interesting way of how they just perceive that like that doesn't bother Snow. Like she's completely okay with and just being content. I'm like, I don't need to be cool. I'm not a young woman anymore. He's like, nah, uh-uh. I'm still that guy. I need to be I need sure. to be to look at me as cool. Um yeah, no, it's nice to see them with character depth. They have flaws. They have an interesting both of them have very interesting relationships with their parents. Like it's very Yeah. Um I mean, she very much is a daddy's girl. He was very much a mama's boy. He does not seem to have any respect for his father based on the story he told Anna in season four. Mm -hmm. She loved her mother, but she lost her mother at a very young age. And then as we learn in Bleeding Through, her mother wasn't necessarily perfect either. I mean, she wasn't that young. She was like 12. Oh, I thought she was like eight. No, okay. I think she was almost a teenager. Okay. Um, but I mean, she was a bratty little girl. Yeah, definitely. And her mother was, so her mother had changed to some degree at that point. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, like, she knows her father basically almost into her adulthood. Yes. He dies pretty brutally. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, their relationship with their parents is kind of an important thing too. Yeah, no, I don't know. They're, they're, I mean, I've said this, I think I've said this in the pilot. They're the best relationship in the show by far without question. And that's pretty consistent. Like, e even when they are explosive with one another, it's amazing. Yeah. Whether it's the season one where she's mad at him and she's like, go away or shattered sight. Like that whole jail scene was fantastic because of those two yeah i know i completely agree i mean they have a when they look at each other like sparks fly and it never goes away energy energy yes energy real energy real energy that's real they have two children they're actually married well and yeah real energy <laughs> that's real so that was i guess another thing we should talk about like these two are actually married in real life like yes this is not just them acting they actually are, i don't know when they get together but they're together at some point i think it's sometime during season one really yeah yeah that must have been fun to be acting with your fiance or boyfriend. Just so. fall, like to literally fall, in, fall love. in love on screen while you are filming scenes of each other falling in love. That's kind of fairy tale. It's like it's it kind really of is. <laughs> it, it sounds not real. 
it does sound fake. Like, if you told me that, it'd be like, oh, that's a publicity stunt. Mm -hmm. It also explains why their chemistry is so much better than I think a lot of the other characters' chemistry, where sometimes I'll be like, eh, I don't see it. I've never once been like, oh, I don't see it. Like, no, I see it. Yeah. It's very clear. Well, and I, you made a good point, too. Like, they both have faults. Like, and Snow was bratty and selfish at times and can be... Um, she doesn't listen, as you would say. Um, Ever. She can be hyper-focused uh, and has a really hard time when she wants to talk about or do something. Like, it must occur uh, when she wants it to occur, like, on her own terms. And she's self-righteous. She fundamentally believes that she yeah. is always doing the thing that is correct. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it actually is. Yep, I think that's true. And Charming is pig-headed. Oh, like, absolutely. He's a stubborn... He's He can be not draconian, but, like... He could just be inflexible. This is what is right. I'm doing this. I don't give a damn. It's a thing that they will both point out to each other about their daughter. Like, they do the thing that most parents do. Like, your daughter is doing the same thing that you do. Yeah. Like, you know, or like, I think at one point, Emma got mad. And she's like, I see you inherited that from your father. Uh-huh. So it's like a thing they will throw at Emma, which is very real. I mean, that's a thing that people do. No, they're, I mean, I do, I do like their portrayal of them in this show. They made them more interesting. They adapted them. They do a pretty damn good job. And they also go through some... I mean, losing a child has to suck. Twice. Oh, because they lose Neil? Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's I'm going to get you back very quickly, but like the fear of knowing that that could happen to you and then it does. Yeah. Um, I also like their inverse reactions to it. Yeah. Like Snow is basically like not again, crying and depressed, and Charming immediately grabs a sword and it's like, I will fucking go through hell. Yeah. I mean, in addition to pigheadedness, Charming. And Avenger, clearly. But also, <laughs> we'll just whip out a sword and be like, fuck these witches, they have magic, I have this fucking sword. I will get Henry, I will get my baby, it don't matter. I just, I think back to the scene where he kicks Regina's door down and charges in with a sword, and Regina's just standing there like, you can have him. And he, but he was just like ready to storm the castle. I'm like, what the fuck were you gonna do? But I mean, that's just charming. But like also, in his defense, he does the dumbest shit ever, and it always works. Yeah. I mean, he's he is brave to a fault. He's reckless. He's not yeah. brave. He's reckless. <laughs> but it always works. I mean, we talked about, like, he could probably have jumped off that ship in Neverland and swam through and got Emma, and it would have been fine. Because mm -hmm. Charming the Avenger can do it. He jumped through fire in the Red Room. I know you love the Red Room so much. I love the Red Room. Yeah. Um, I mean, he went under a sleeping curse. Yep. And just knew Snow would be there. Yeah. It's insane. But it's also like that's who that is who charming is to a fault. Yeah, they always find each other. God, that that the, I think the one thing that has to be frustrating is that they are constantly put in that always find each other, always find each other. Yeah, but he also will take the time to do the right thing. Like when Abigail yep. captures him and tells him, "Like I'm in the same position as you. I don't want to marry you," and he helps her save Frederick. Ooh. That was, so I agree with you, though, that's not maybe the best example, because he was a little, I don't want to say suicidal. Yeah, no, that's fair. But he was at a point where he was like, either you get what you want, or I get what I want and I die. So he kind of, like, had no more fucks to give at that point, yeah. which is unlike Charming, actually. He's usually always like, oh, there's a way, we'll find a way, and uh -huh. he kind of just, I think, what, had Snow lost her memories at that point? Is that when? No, she was taken... Maybe? No, I think I think that's when Snow had lost her memories of who he was. 
Maybe. I feel like he only learns about that in the context of one episode. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know Ruby tells him, and then he gets... Yeah, Ruby tells him, he goes looking for her, and then Abigail captures him. It's like on his journey to go get Snow back. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, their relationship is... I agree, it's the best one on the show. Yeah. yeah. And it, it... Yeah. I also think they do, of the characters in this show... Other than Robert Carlyle, they do the best job and uh, Lon Perea of portraying their characters both true to the original story and true to like the twists of who their characters yeah. are. Because they do a good job of balancing both of them. Charming is charming. Like truth be told, he just is charming. Very charming. Yeah, he's he's but he's like he's um he isn't like a devious, deceiving like guy. Ah, he's just you know like what does a uh, Corella call him? Chisel chin. Yeah. Yeah, that's just who he is. He's just naturally charming. And Snow White is hopeful. She's not like singing to butterflies, ridiculous, but they make fun of it like, well, message from a bird. That sounds like you. Sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, they're both funny, but in yes. different ways. Like, yes. Jennifer Goodwin's delivery of lines is just so perfect. Like, she can deliver a heartfelt line, a sad line, an angry line, and you believe it. Their range of emotion, her range of, like, she being the leader of the show, I think, would be phenomenal. Because she's got such a great range of, she can do everything. Yeah. She can be funny, she can be sinister, she can be depressed. I mean, when after she kills Korra, she looks dead inside. And she plays it very well. When she is enraged, she plays it very, I mean, Heart of Darkness. I was like, God damn, this woman looks like she wants to murder people. She's really good. And she's... Like classically beautiful, like yep. she's just like classically beautiful, and he's so handsome, so handsome. Do you think he's more handsome in that other show, Manifest? You mean because he's old? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he grows this beard, and it's got some gray going on. Mm -mm. Yeah, totes. Although the beard hides the chisel chin a little bit, which is not great. I want to do a deep dive on you one day. <laughs> So a whole episode talk about Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, that would be fun. It would be fun. Um, okay. So where do you want to dig into first? Well, I think we dug into Snow and Charming together here. Their relationship obviously was the first part, but as far as their relationship with other people, who do you want to start with? Um, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about their parents, if Maybe you so have parents. anything to add. Um, obviously, Snow saw Ava as yeah. kind of that, like, paragon of virtue. And when she learns that's not true, it kind of, like, shifts her wor worldview. Yep entirely and now knowing what we know about what they just did um the like capacity for evil is there in everyone yeah that was interesting too because obviously they probably hadn't written this story about the dragon egg when they writ wrote bleeding through back in three three b three b yeah but there, there should have been if that story had already been like so should have been like Oh, damn. So, like, this mistake has been made. Like, my mother has made some fucked up mistakes. Well, and it was a being a good person. I have made some mistakes. It does make sense, though, why she kind of gained a little bit of sympathy for Regina and was like, yeah, you know what? Quite frankly, we've all done some really bad shit. Um, and I think it's Regina who tells Emma that line, but it's basically applicable to Snow that, like, I thought we were the good guys. Well, things are never that simple. Right. And truthfully, even with the Charmings, it isn't as simple as you're just on the good side of the slider. Like, eh, there's there's gray. Mm -hmm. We don't ever really explore her relationship with her father very much. Like, we get the flashbacks of where it's clear that she's, like, a daddy's girl. I think you think that Leopold is a nicer person than I think that Leopold is. Um, because you're stuck on that, like, he read her. It's not just that he read her diary. I think that he is 
I do not think he's a bad person, but I think that he is kind of what I would imagine. He's a, he's a bit imperious and he's like, well, everyone in my kingdom is happy. It's like, are they though? Like you have a bunch of fucking peasants in your kingdom, dude. Um, well, young Leopold is why I believe that. Like, if you remember who young Leopold, yeah. young Leopold was a very good man. And then he may have changed by the time he got older though. I would also be like, his wife also died unexpectedly. It's possible he just got darker after that. It's also, I think, he's sheltered in a way yeah. that a, a, you would expect a royal to be. Like, he didn't know how to build a fire. Like, he doesn't really understand he's a little the naive. of the people that live in his kingdom. Yeah. Um, and we don't ever really, like, explore Snow's relationship with her father, like, at all, really. No, unfortunately, one thing we never get again is we won't see an interaction with Snow and her father. And I think there was, I'll talk about it when we get to the second half, there was a huge missed opportunity to discuss the decisions that Snow has made herself and the people she's working with when they get there. Um, I, I do think Leopold's a better man than you think he is, because I think his intentions, the things that he talks about, the way he speaks of the kingdom is like, he wanted to do good things. It's also fascinating to me, though, that um, Snow says, well, all royals are pieces of shit or something to that line, even though she knew her parents weren't that. Mm -hmm. So my question, I wonder if she just was including her parents from that because they mm -hmm. were killed by other royals. Um, but we don't explore that. We do explore a lot of Charming's relationship with his mother, which is mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, I mean, he, he essentially <laughs> sacrifices himself. Not like his life, but not his, not his life and death, but yeah. his, his livelihood and his happiness. Like he wants love more than anything mm -hmm. and he gives that up so that his mother can be safe and happy and have their farm because at first she wants him to just marry for convenience yeah it's like there's a girl it's in town merchant's daughter she he's wealthy yep mm -hmm. and and he's like no i want to marry for true love so he's like the optimistic uh -huh. fairy tale and then you know later even ruth is like i should have never asked you to do that when he decides to make the choice to marry abigail but he's not doing it because he's going to get money he's doing it because like i don't want my farm to burn down and that's what george threatened to do and george is the kind of man that would have killed everybody yeah um but yeah and he's he just accepts it like he's he one thing he will always do he will always sacrifice himself to his reckless degree yeah it it makes me think of that um in the fifth harry potter book when um harry thinks that voldemort has serious black mm -hmm. and he wants to save him and hermione's like a saving people thing and he's like what it's like you definitely have a saving people thing man charming has a saving people oh thing. yeah <laughs> hero complex. <laughs> though is it a hero complex if you're a hero yeah i mean no but it's something that can be manipulated oh, yes. and i think that like at times like he's reckless like sometimes he will make a choice it's like i'm not sure that you're actually saving that person if you do that reckless thing <laughs> yeah or just like he just he just assumes it will work like the sleeping curse thing. Yeah. It'll work because I'm Prince Charming. Like, okay, but are you sure? It's a semi-charmed kind of life, I think. Uh, well. Um, yeah, I mean, his he really, he really loved his mother. And I think it was hard for him to learn that she was part of the choice to give up his brother. Yep. No, that um, was rough. Because I think that... As we know, not a choice Charming would have made because he would have he would have said, "Nope, this is going to work out. We do not need to make this choice." Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a master rationalizer. 
so what's interesting about him is that from season to season he pivots between we must always do the right thing and then the next season he's like we are not telling snow i'm dying of dream shape poisoning and you're like but but why well but if you think about like if you like dig into that it's because he thinks that the right thing is to save henry and anything that distracts from that is bad yeah so he does think that he's doing the right thing yeah he has (laughs) That that is his greatest flaws. He can rationalize any action. Like what's that statement? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh-huh. He can rationalize any bad decision with, well, but this is the most important thing we must do. Absolutely. Or like when he doesn't tell Abigail, well, I didn't want to hurt her. We must not tell her because it'll kill her. And it's like, yeah, but she's gonna find out, and then that's really gonna kill her. Yeah. Yeah. No. Gotcha. Just, no. What did I say Abigail. Both are true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She probably actually goes by Abigail now. I mean, his relationship with George, similarly, like, George uses that against Charming. Because he's like, I know that you will always do the right thing. And, like, you have to do the right thing, not just for me, but for all of these people. 100%. If you don't do this, they're all going to go hungry and die. And he's not hungry and die. I'm going to burn them down. Yeah. Like he, he, and he, he's only known him, like, for a day. Mm-hmm. And he picks up that really quickly. Immediately. I mean, George is, like, George... Is a villain that I wish that we got to spend more time with. One of the biggest mistakes of the show is not having more George. He is his villain. He he is his villain, and he really. He, he, I I think he's a little bit of that like burn it all down villain that we like have often wanted. Like when he takes that hat, he knows that he's gonna get caught, doesn't and he care. doesn't care. Doesn't care. Like he just wants Charming to suffer. I think the thing also, he brings out a side of Charming that we don't get to... Like, there are some villains that push you to a breaking point, and it would be nice to see Charming put in those situations where he's going up against a man he fundamentally detests who he can't rationalize with. Like, there, you know, I know we often argue about, should you kill this man or not? If you don't kill George, he will do something fucked up. You can't rationalize with him. You can't reason with him. He's a monster. He, it just is a monster. So he has to deal with, I can keep trapping him, but sooner or later, he's going to find him out and he's going to do something else fucked up. And Snow would say, don't kill him. But you have to believe that he hates this man to his core. Yeah, he does. I mean, George doesn't have magic. So? Or, you, or loyal subjects? He, he whips up the town into a frenzy in like an hour. He does do that. Also, you can do a lot of bad things without magic. As Rumpel said. Well, but now he's just in a jail cell. Yep. Will Scarlet was in a jail cell. How long did that take him to get out? Fair? Yeah. I know this is hard to understand, but jail is not an impenetrable fortress one cannot escape. <laughs> I mean, as far as we have seen, no one has ever escaped the hospital cells. For now. For now. Actually, I mean, Belle got out. That's an escape. Regina didn't let her out. That's true. That's true. Secrets always get out. Secrets always get out. Um, speaking of Regina, they both have a really interesting relationship with Regina, especially Snow. Very different, though. Very different, yeah. I mean, I think Regina and Charming, we we often talked in the early seasons about how they, they actually don't have a lot of interactions. Like, she doesn't care to hurt him other than to hurt Snow. Like, she doesn't really have anything against him. Um, He's a tool to hurt Snow. That's all yeah. he is to her. Um, but they actually form a pretty strong bond in season two around Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, like caring for Henry. Like I he he's I think Charming is probably mistrustful of Regina longer than anybody else. I don't I think the problem with 
those two is like he fundamentally does not respect her. Mm. Like if you if you like listen to the comments, like think about you know what my biggest regret is all the innocent lives you've destroyed. Like I think he just fundamentally thinks that like you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. I'm not even actually sure that he buys that she deserves a happy ending. Like I know Snow believes that she deserves a happy ending. Mm -hmm. I think Charmy's more like indifferent to the idea that like she's done enough fucked up shit that if she gets what she like he says with the wraith, that's her that's her problem to deal with. Like he's just more or less willing to stand by and let her deal with the consequences of her own actions. Mm -hmm. Snow White has always been the one that's like, no, she deserves a second chance. We should try to help her. And Charmy's like, whatever. Well, I, I wonder if he would feel... I mean, he listens to Snow in this area partially because I think Snow has a deeper a depth of experience. Snow's the expert Regina. And like in Bleeding Through, we saw like Regina stepped in front of Snow. We did not know what that ghost was going to do. Like Regina, Regina is willing to die for Snow. Well, Snow also saw Regina before she was this. Yeah. Charming's only interaction That's with true. her is Evil Queen going forward. So his worldview is from the moment I met you, you're a monster. Mm -hmm. And the only reason you're not a monster is because we broke your curse. You made everyone miserable. You've been trying to kill Snow. You've done all these terrible things to me. Why would I want anything other than pain for you? Like, I don't, there's no complication here. You're just a villain. Well, and as much as, as we agree... <laughs> That it is not Snow's fault that Regina's life is like this. Like, I, I think that Snow, like she should feel about this Maleficent situation, Snow also wants Regina to have a happy ending because part of the reason that Regina doesn't have one is because of Snow. I mean, I don't, I don't love that comparison because Snow is 100% the cause of what happened to Maleficent as opposed yeah. to like, Snow is an ingredient in that shit storm that was cooked up for Like, Korra is the monster of Snow story. Yes. Snow is the monster of Maleficent story. Yes. I'm not necessarily trying to fully make it as a comparison, more that, like, I think that Snow is invested in Regina's happy ending, both because she actually wants her to have one, but because she feels responsible for the situation. Yeah, it could be a level of response. I also just think that's who Snow is. Like, I just don't yeah. think Snow is willing to give up on people. I think that's why she agonizes over killing Korra, mm -hmm. is that even though Korra is a monster who, in many people's opinion, deserve to die, Snow just doesn't feel that way. She thinks everyone can be redeemed. Mm -hmm. Whereas Charming is more willing to be like, he says, I don't have a problem with her dying. I just don't want you to do it. Yeah. Um, but Snow and Regina have formed, like, a great... Sisterly brother. Yeah, I mean, they're... The fact that Snow goes to Regina for help at the, at, for about a stupid thing that we both agree should not be a lie. Like, Regina doesn't even question it. She just helps them. I actually kind of like the dynamic of Snow, Regina, and Maleficent because typically when you think of Snow and Regina, you think Regina did all the bad things to Snow and Snow is the one who has to forgive. When you add Maleficent into the picture, now Snow gets to be on the other side of that equation. Mm -hmm. It's like, you are the one who did the fucked up thing. You are the one who needs forgiveness. So it's like, uh, it makes it a little bit more logical why maybe she's more understanding of how like darkness and rage and craziness yeah. can drive you to do some inexplicably fucked up things. Absolutely. Emma? I guess. <laughs> we must. Um I, I I mean I think we already talked a little bit about like how they both they both see themselves in or they see the other person in Emma less themselves. <laughs> um and I think I mean Snow wants so badly to like be the mother that she thought that her mother was to her. Yeah. 
And I think, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say that Charming doesn't want that. Um, like we, I mean, we have that great episode, the, the tower where he like is kind of like struggling with like, what if I'm a bad father? Like my father was. Yeah. Well, and more importantly, what if I'm a bad father? Like I was to Emma because I didn't get to raise, I wasn't there uh -huh. to protect her. I think the, the fascinating thing about them is that Snow White desperately wants the relationship with Emma that Mary Margaret had. Yeah. The closeness, the open up to each other. And they don't ever have that again. They're not really, I mean, other than moments of big impending doom, they're never close like that again. Not yeah. in this, they don't, they don't talk about everything. They don't feel everything. What is interesting is that David and her actually are that close mm -hmm. because they're the same. They don't, neither one of them want to talk about big emotions. Mm -hmm. Both of them, he gets her. Like when they had that scene, I think it's when they come back from Neverland. When he goes and talks to her on the beach about going to yeah. meet Neil for lunch. It's just easy for both of them because yeah. he, he can make a dad joke and he already knows what's going on. And it's like he gets her because he's very much like her. Mm -hmm. And I think that annoys the shit out of Snow. Yeah. Like she doesn't resent David for it, but she resents the fact that she is not close. She wants to be close to her daughter the way her mother was close to her. Whereas like David's like, no, I, I, you just got to let her be. Or, or even when they're talking about Emma leaving. Snow's like, I can't believe she wants to leave the town. That's ridiculous. And David's like, I get it. Yeah. He gets her. He always has. Yeah. Much more close. Well, and I mean, in some ways, Emma and Mary Margaret should not be as close as they were before they had, like, they were friends in a way that you shouldn't be friends with your parents. So that is true for Henry, but they're the same age. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely complicated. I kind of think that's how they should be friends. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear about my parents' sex life, ever. In my opinion, I'm fine with the idea. Some of us don't need all the details. <laughs> me and David are on the same page. <laughs> I'm totally fine with the idea that a stork dropped me off. Like, I'm good with that lie. But I'm not their age, either. Like, I didn't watch you two have an affair. I didn't, like, it's not the same. It is just fundamentally different. Yeah. And, I, like... The problem with their relationship to me is that, like, parent implies a lot more things than just birthed you. And that's all they are to her, to be quite honest. Her life was formed completely without yeah. them. Well, I mean, I think that she does recognize her life was formed from coming to Storybrooke. Like, the, where she is now is partially because of Mary Margaret. Sure. Um, but it's, it's, it's that after she was already yeah. Emma, not... You had a hand in raising me, yeah. helping me be able to be the person I am. Like you, they're friends. Like like the way your yeah. friends help shape your life is the way that they have shaped because they're her friends, really, not her parents, who she like yeah. went to for advice when she was fourteen and wanted to date a boy. Like that's why the whole hook thing is kind of funny because it's like tell me everything. Like you're a teenage girl coming back from your yeah. first date, and David's like, I don't want to hear about this shit. Yeah, well, and I think it too. It's hard for Mary Margaret that in that in Hat Trick, like Emma chooses Mary Margaret as her family. And then when that's actually true, like Emma doesn't, she doesn't choose in the same way that you, that Snow clearly wants her to. Well, and then expand on that in Neverland, Emma chooses Regina. Yeah. Like, truthfully, she's closer to Regina because they have a shared interest in Henry than mm -hmm. she really is to Snow. And that has to bother her. They don't really explore it. I don't even know if they ever will. But like, it is weird to see Emma and Regina be closer than Emma and Snow White. I mean, I do think that Emma, or sorry, I think that Snow kind of accepts the idea that their family is this, like, big thing. And, like, I think she willingly, while I think she wants more with Emma, I think she's like, 
our family is great. Like we have this big family where Henry has two moms and like <laughs> Neil's uncle is Henry and he's younger. Like, I don't know. I think she likes that. I don't agree with that at all. And I think had Shattered Sight been longer, I think you would have found out she does not like that. <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, think about Snow White. She is very, I want a big family that sits around the table and tells us everything and is very close. Nothing about her seems like the type that is just okay with accepting this arrangement that she has no real say in and no emotional attachment to her daughter. But she does accept it. Yeah, she she has to accept it. It isn't, I don't buy that her happy ending is this. I buy that she will make the best of a bad situation. I do not think this is what she wanted. Interesting. I mean, that's why she always wants to push. Well, yeah, I mean, she all, she clearly says, like, this isn't what I wanted in the in the Echo Caves. Like, I wanted to raise a baby. We were robbed of everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she has expressed the, I mean, I think part of the reason she wants baby Neil is that she didn't get to do this with Emma. Yeah. And it has cost her a true, like, even... Um, Regina's point to Emma one time is that, like, you weren't the one who was there. I was. I was the one who had to cry with him. And, like, that's also true of Snow and Emma. You weren't there when I was sad, when I was angry. So it, there is a closeness that, like, despite all the terrible things that Regina has done, Henry goes, but that's still my mother. Yeah. Whereas, like, Emma hears about a terrible thing that the Charmings do, and she goes, I don't care. Fuck you. It is just different. Well, then, as you noted, Hook enters the equation, and Snow kind of tries to treat it as, like, teenage girl's first boyfriend. The fascinating part about Hook entering the equation is that the first part of Hook and Snow's relationship is Hook relentlessly hitting on Snow. Yeah. Relentlessly hitting on Snow. Yep. And yet she seems to just always brush it off. Like, I always found Charming's interaction hilarious. Like, yeah, I'll go with him, and if he does anything I don't like, I'm going to shoot him in the face. <laughs> you and I both went, oh, he will absolutely shoot him in the face. He just doesn't like him. Whereas, like, I don't know. I feel like if a, if a man or, like, if a, a man entered my life and was relentlessly hitting on my wife, we've got beef. And I think I'm in the right to not like him. <laughs> that seems valid. That's not just me being a stupid macho man. Yeah. Like, fuck you. You keep hitting on my wife. But I feel like Snow would also be annoyed by this. And yet she's never seemed to be bothered. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't that have concerns? You're like, I don't really want you with my daughter because you were relentlessly hitting on me like two months ago. I think that she wants more than anything for Emma to be happy. Sure. And I think that she sees that if she can't bring down Emma's walls, Hook can. And I think that she respects that and just kind of lets it play out. Yeah, I mean, it's even more... Like, the reservations that Charming expresses are logical. And I get that they're going for the overprotective daddy. Yeah. But she never expresses those same reservations. No, she doesn't. You're totally right. And I think it's because that she, like, I think that she is, she sees Emma opening up and doesn't, and instead of thinking about the consequences that could occur, if, like, the, it's not genuine on Hook's side, she's just like, she seems happy. Let's just let it go. Yeah, she's willing to get what she wants at the cost of Emma being hurt. Mm -hmm. And, like... I would get that if it was a one or nothing, but like Neil's still in the picture at this point. And she doesn't even say like, why don't you just go towards Neil? She's like, nah, I don't care. It's fine. Either one is okay. And I'm like, oh, uh, there's clearly a better choice here. Now, obviously Hook can be a better person and all those things, but at the time, one is a marauding cur mm -hmm. and the other one is the father of your son who's a genuinely good guy. I don't know. It's true. Yeah. It is weird. Like, And their approach to dealing with Emma is almost always the opposite. Yeah. Like Snow can never not push it. 
ever. I, I don't know one time she's just like, let's just not talk about everything right now. <laughs> um, this season. Oh, <laughs> Now we got to the season where we're like, okay, let's not tell Emma anything. Let's not talk about it. And Charming is like, I've been trying to do this for three seasons. I always, I mean, the, the, the way I sum up their relationship is as follows. Snow, don't push it. Okay. Immediately push it. <laughs> That's that's the Charmings and Emma. Like, <laughs> or and the Charmings together. Snow, let's enjoy our honeymoon. Okay, immediately tries to tries to go find Medusa's lair. <laughs> but see that no, that's how I sum up the Charmings because even his responses. Yeah, you hit me over the head with a rock the first time we met. I knew yeah, you. I and actually, going back real quick, the thing I love about them the most, they a hundred percent accept who they are. Like every other relationship, it always feels like one is trying to change the other one or like one person is going through a transition period. Snow loves Charming for all of his pig-eggedness and Charming loves Snow for all of her deceptive ways. He's just like, yeah, she's going to lead me into Medusa's lair where I get turned into stone, but I love her. It is interesting, though, because sometimes they do shift in that episode, in that flashback. Snow is the Charming. Snow is the like, we, we said we were going to do this and we're going to do it. And she's like, how are we going to do this now? And he's like, we're not, Snow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're not going to do that. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to live our life and then we'll figure out dealing with it yeah. later. But we're not going to get the head. We're not going to do it. Nope. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I actually also like that in that episode, Regina basically tells Snow that this is better than any plan I could have ever done. You're going to destroy yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, Henry. We already talked. We should finish Hook first. Okay. Um, when it comes to Hook, I don't know. I feel like they have accepted that Hook and Emma are a thing. Captain Swan is just yep. inevitable. It feels like, though, because even as far as Frozen, they have that conversation, Snow, uh, Charming and Hook, where Hook makes the funny line of like, that seems a little old fashioned, and I pay him doubloons. <laughs> and we talked about like, you know, you were like, oh, you know, Hook has a great answer, which was a fine answer. But my point was that, like, yeah, but Charming's suspicions on him are fair based on his reputation. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know how they actually feel about them together, whether they've accepted it or embraced it are two different things. And I'm still not sure at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer for Snow is that Emma seems happy and she's fine with that. Um, I I think we're still, I think the word is still out on Hook and Charming. I'm not sure. Like, I think that Charming believes... Like, if you think about 3B, when they're all mad at Hook because Hook... So fucking stupid. Hook tried to send Henry away. And then Emma, like, doesn't want to talk to Hook at all. And Charming tries to send Hook with her on an... Yeah, he tries to. Overrules her in yeah. this. And but, actually defends Hook. But he's also, like, he was back in the corner and did the best he could. Like, he gets it. Like, he gets Hook. And I think that he does believe that Hook wants to do the right thing. Yeah, and I think and, that's maybe a difference between you want to do the right thing and yeah. you're capable of doing the right thing. And maybe that's what he's worried about. Your true nature will show through. And I think he does know that, like it should be obvious to Emma, I think it is obvious to Charming how, how Hook feels about Emma, especially after the conversation that they had about the doubloons. Mm -hmm. um, Everyone but Emma seems to know that. And I think that Charming, while he might not believe that Hook wouldn't do something bad, I don't think he thinks that he would do something intentionally to hurt Emma. I don't, um, think, I, I don't think he believes that he would. I think he believes that he could. Yes, yes. And I think that's the thing that he is probably worried about. But also, like, from, based on everything that you just 
said to describe charming, I think charming is a sometimes charming is a hopeless romantic or ho- hopeful, a very hopeful. Like he's, I would say he's he, always a he's a believer, romantic. but he's also he can also be quite pragmatic. And I I think that he would he would say like. Yeah, Hook's going to make some mistakes. And, like, that is just what he has to do. And they'll figure it out together. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I, I think that he thinks that his intentions are good. Even if his actions are not always good. Yeah. No, that, I think that's a fair assessment. I think he was concerned about what his intentions are. Yeah. Because if I think he wondered if it was a prize thing or not. Mm-hmm. Which is fair considering who Hook has been his entire life, or at least for the part that he knows. I also, oh, one last thing I want to talk about with him and Hook. I love this scene in Neverland, where the two of them are arguing, and they both talk about their respective brothers. Mm-hmm. And that their brothers, who they each can't stand, are literally carbon copies of the other mm-hmm. one. You would have liked my brother, he was a liar and a cheat and a thief. Yeah, you'd like my brother, he was a stubborn, righteous asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, boy, that is a perfect description <laughs> of you two. Because that's what they were. Yeah. Ian was charming, and James is Hook. Like, I would love a scene with the four of them hanging out because you know James and Hook would get along or maybe they'd hate each other. I don't know. It'd be funny to see. Or Charming. Like, it'd be funny to see them get along at first and then realize that they're not those people anymore and can't stand those two. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else on Hook? No, I'm good. All right. Henry. Um, I feel like we actually don't get a ton of, like, snow in Henry. I mean, in the first season. That's true. But not Snow knowing that she's Henry's grandmother. We don't get as much of their relationship after that's no. true. I don't think that connection is the important connection, though, because I think Mary Margaret, the teacher, and Henry is like the big... Yeah. It's basically the beginning of all of this. She taught him how to have hope. Yeah, and, well, and even like when they do the... It's quite funny because Henry's supposed to be younger, but he's like yes. grown up. But he sees her as Snow White for the first time, and that's like what sparks yeah. this whole thing. I mean, their relationship is... I mean, he's the kid that they should have had, to be quite honest. Yeah. They... Them as his guardian is actually one of the more interesting things that we get because of Charming teaching him how to be a knight and Mm -hmm. Snow White being the inspiration for the hope. Like they actually, their dynamic together is really, really good. Mm -hmm. And it's just unfortunate that we, again, because we have to, it's Emma and Henry's story or Emma and somebody else's story. We don't really get to dive into that kind of past. I mean, we get one funny episode in 3B with the whole, you know, uh, you're not cool and Charming desperately, but. I can't think of much else. Well, I mean, we just got, like, Henry was the reason that that Snow decided to tell him yeah. the truth. But that was like a, we got five minutes of that. It's not yeah. like been a season-long thing Absolutely. we got into their relationship. And yeah, it is. It, it was a nice callback to, like, I can't be the person who both gave us hope and then lied to him mm-hmm. like this. Well, I, I don't, like, they love him unconditionally. Yeah. I mean, they go to Neverland to save him. 100%. Um, and I, I mean, that's partially about Emma, but, like, they... They care about Henry. Yeah, I mean, it was... As much as I mock, I'm here too. Yeah. Because it was funny. They definitely were there to save yeah. Henry, 100%. Now, they shouldn't have been there, in my opinion. But that's a different discussion. Two. Oh, boy. I, I, you know what's funny about that one? Just quick side note. I remember when I first said that, you're like, no, I think they belong here. And then she said that, and you're like, oh, I see it now. Like, Well, I think that I... Like... I, I think that I felt that they should belong there because they are... In season one, they are the central like people of the show. Yep. Yeah. But by 3A, we'd already shifted, unfortunately, yep. away from them. Well, and also, it was funny, to my point, I love Snow as the mayor. That Combine that with Neverland, you would have had an amazing season. Give me like a full season of that with 
Snow having to learn to deal with logistical stuff and her snapping at the people and be like, I see why Regina was evil. You fuckers are annoying. Yeah. Sheriff David now appears logically for the first time. There, I mean, we never got to see them lead a kingdom. That's one of my biggest regrets yeah. in the show. We never got to see them lead. Remember in 2 where David talks about struggling to deal with being a leader? Could have been nice to see David break out of his shell and actually have to lead for the first time. Well, and especially like lead in a not major crisis, yeah. like a minor, minor cri- electricity's out, or like we need to elect counts. We need to decide how we elect council members in a place that is not designed as it. Like we 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 this is not Storybrooke. This is the Enchanted Forest in Storybrooke. Like, how do we redesign our government? Or Being an everyday leader and having to do the day to day stuff and like. You know, I would have loved a conversation with the Charmings and the Dwarves. It was like, you know, it's kind of nice when you guys aren't around and crazy shit isn't always happening. Yeah. It seems to follow you around, but we just, we don't dive into them as much as we sure. should. Rumple is the last one I have here. Boy, the word complicated. Yeah. I mean, Rumple is, Rumple worked tirelessly to bring those two together so that they could make, so that he could bottle their true love. I don't really think Snow and Rumple have much of a backstory, to be quite honest. Like, their interactions are very similar to how Re- Regina and Charming don't have much. Like, they have a common interest. It feels like Rumple and Charming are the one whose backstories are much more closely tied, and Snow just happens to be there because that's part of the plot. But, like, really, Rumple's been involved with Charming since the moment he was born. Oh, that's true. So it's basically been Rumple, James, Charming, Ruth, and all of them, and then Snow White came along because that was his plan. Mm-hmm. But, like, really, if you think about, like, Snow White in the past, yeah, he calls her or she calls him one time, but, like, they don't do much in the past together other than maybe their shared relationship with Korra. It's mostly Rumple and Charming who are the no, focus of that true. part. And he, I mean, he is one of the few people not scared of Rumple at all. He's never been afraid of Rumple, which is weird. I mean, most people, he appears and everyone kind of jumps and he's just like, what do you want? I mean, weird for a guy that just, like, busts into Regina's house with a sword? Ah! <laughs> Fair. But the Rumple or the Charming we see at that point is years later. Mm-hmm. This is like Charming on a farm with his glorious locks. I mean, he's not even afraid of the Dark One the first... Glorious locks. Glorious locks. <laughs> and that's just, I think, the mullet, I think, when we see Rumple in the past. Um, but he has a, a, a heavy disdain for Rumple. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, he, as much as he dislikes Regina, he, I would say he dislikes Rumple to an equal degree, if not more. Mm-hmm. And he has never shied away from how much he does not like him. I mean, I, if you, if you think about it from a, I, he thinks Rumple is selfish. Rumple is selfish. I, yes. But like <laughs> Charming's whole thing is like, I, I'm not saying that Charming is never selfish, but from Charming's worldview, like I am a hero that saves anyone at any cost. And this dude just comes in and takes people's like desperate souls last dollar or like they he won't help a sick baby. Instead, he like takes that baby away. Like he I I, I understand why why Charming feels that way about Rumpel. And I think he's right in the sense of like, if what you know about Rumpel and you take away all the debt that we learn, but he never sees it. He doesn't know that Peter Pan is his father. He doesn't know what happened with Belfire. Yeah. He knows none of the depth that he doesn't know anything about Mila. All he sees is the act that Rumpel wants him to see, which is the dark one and the put on. And he's a selfish man that took away his brother and didn't help him. And all he does is show up and manipulate people. And he's evil and drunk with power. Yeah. I kind of hate him too. It makes yeah. sense. He, he is the kind of like viewer's interpretation of what people see Rumpel Stiltskin as, which is just, a monster mm-hmm. 
and rightfully so. I mean, he's called him a scourge. I think many times he's actually shocked when Rumpel does something nice for him for no reason. Even when um, the episode where Lacey appears and Rumpel doesn't know what to do and he goes to Charming and Charming at first is like, no, I don't want to help you. Even when Belle gets kidnapped by mm -hmm. Mo French, he's like, I don't want to help you. And then he's like, fine, <laughs> let's go see what other people you've terrorized. Did you turn a butcher into a <laughs> No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you did. And it was that butcher. All right. And the well, funny thing about that is that, like, that is exactly who Charming thought Rumple was. So when he just confirmed it, it was just like, you were such a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and I mean, their relationship is actually fascinating because as you learn the things that Rumple has had, had to him, you can kind of see Charming be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I think Rumple and I think Rumple respects Charming in a way that you, like, wouldn't expect especially considering the way that Charming views him. I think Rumpel respects two people, Regina and Charming, and I think that's it. And I think he loves Henry. I think he loves Belle. I think he respects Regina, and I think he respects Charming, and I think it ends there. Cora. I think he respects Cora. I think him and Cora are very too complex. Yeah. Because there's a bit of love, hate, respect, disgust. I mean, it's they are the definition of complicated. But like, I think Rumpel would say, like, I think Charming is the man Rumpel wishes he truly could be. I think that's absolutely And he right. knows he'll never be that. Like, that's just not who he is. Well, and it's... And he wants Belle to be his Snow White. In the present, or the the more present, not in, in the Enchanted Forest, I think Snow and Rumpel have a few interesting interactions. Specifically, um, he manipulates her into killing Korra. I so disagree with that. That's <laughs> such a bullshit analogy. That's such a bullshit interpretation. When we had the conversation, we watched her say, she needs to die. He didn't manipulate that. Snow got there on her fucking own. I'm not saying that she's not culpable for what you she did. You said he manipulated her into doing it. He did. You can't say you manipulated someone into doing something when you said moments, like not even moments before, like a day before, like, she just needs to die. She was already wanting... He gave her the tool to he do it. He gave her the tool. But that's not manipulating you. Like, if you want to kill someone, me handing you the gun is not me manipulating you into killing that person. I could have facilitated it, but I didn't manipulate you into doing it. You wanted to kill that person. You made the decision on your own to kill that person. I just gave you the gun. That's all you. You can't say he manipulated Snow when she wanted to kill Carl of her own volition. I mean, she did She did want to, that is true, but she did not... It's not even just, like, you handing me a gun and you handing me a magic candle are a little different. No, they're not. Not in this world. Snow could not have killed Korra with a gun. I know, but what <laughs> I'm saying is, it is the equivalent of a gun. Like, he gave her the tool to do what she already wanted to do. It'd be one thing even if he talked her into it. He didn't talk her into it. She was there wanting to kill Korra. He, he doesn't even do anything about that conversation. That's Charm's trying to talk her out of it. I mean, Cora actually did it to her when she killed Johanna in front of her mm -hmm. ruthlessly. Like, I do not agree that Rumpel manipulated her. Interestingly about that conversation, too, like, you were, you were saying, you know, charming people get their, people get what they deserve. Like, I'm just not going to stand in the way. Snow actually says when he asked her, like, why should I save you? Oh, yeah, 100%. Which is not very Snow-like. I mean, I don't think Snow has a high level of respect for Rumpel either because she even says why not just let you die mm -hmm. but I think that was more of a bluff to be fair mm -hmm. I don't I don't I've never but I think Charming maybe could stand by and just let him die I I don't think Snow's I don't think she has it that's why she agonizes over like I just don't think she could do it yeah and then later after she does kill Cora she asks him how he lives with himself yep yeah and I, I think that she's afraid 
<laughs> if if Charming is the man that Rumpel wants to be, I think that Rumpel is the man that Snow is afraid that she'll be. Yeah. I, I mean, so when we argued and I said it's a shot, it's the reason I always believed it was a shot is that when you ask that to someone who you have a low opinion of, mm -hmm. it is basically me asking, how do you live with being such a terrible person? I'm not disagreeing that Rumpel is a terrible person, but that is what Snow is afraid of. I don't want to be anything like you. I mm -hmm. think you're a bad person. You've done terrible things. That statement in itself is kind of like an indication of how little respect I have for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing, she genuinely wants to know the answer, though. She does. No, it, it, <laughs> But I, I think that's the thing, is that she is genuinely concerned with being anything like him. But that in itself is kind of an indication of how little respect she has for him. And also, again, part of it is all the rumple that she knows is the bad put on that Charming has seen. So well, and interesting, his response to that question is exactly what they are doing right now. It's also very similar to what Regina says to Emma. At some point, you just learn to live with it. That's like, He actually says, you do one thing, and then you do another thing, and you keep telling yourself it's the right thing until it sounds like it is the right thing. You learn it's to live with it. Yeah, but... <laughs> Truth be told, it's the same thing at its core that Regina did. At some point, she did a bad thing, and then she did another bad thing, and over time, she just learned. Now, granted, I think Regina has more regret, not to take this into that, but, like, she regrets the things she's done in the past, kind of, because we learned she doesn't have a lot of regret. I don't know that Rumpel really regrets anything other than the one mistake he made with Bad. I think he's completely fine with what he's done. Yeah, maybe. But. Anybody else? Anything else? I think that's, of their core relationships, that's it. And I don't think there's sadly much else to talk about with them. Yeah. So, usually we dive into biggest mistakes. I think we've kind of talked about most of them ad nauseum here. One being what they just did. <laughs> or what we just, not what they just did. What we just found out that they did. You want to recap that real quick for everyone? Yeah. Um. So, they, uh, what did I, what did I say? They took... Maleficent's egg and gave it to the apprentice so that he could cast a spell that would transfer the potential for darkness from Snow's womb into the egg. And then they find out that it's a baby and that it will now they can't give it back to Maleficent. So they took Maleficent's baby. And sent it through a portal. And sent it through a portal. Not good. Um, biggest mistake. Like I just and and then like just continuing to lie about it and doing nothing to like try to fix it. So yeah, I, mean, I think about the you know when when Rumple and Neil talk and Rumple reveals that I've always seen myself the same way as my father and Neil goes, but the difference is you came back for me. You tried to undo your greatest mistake. Pan was like, ah, fuck you. If the Charmings had acknowledged that this was a mistake and spent the rest of the time trying to fix it, all right, like you fucked up, but you're trying to undo it. They just hand wave it off and just try to cover it up. And they're just like, well, we're just going to be a better person for the next one. They're like, oh. Well, and it would damn. even be reasonable for like them. We could have gotten like one episode of them like trying to do something after like before the curse happens and then being like, fuck, this curse is happening. And then they're cursed for 28 years and then they're in Storybrooke and like they don't know where Maleficent is. Mm -hmm. Like that it would be like. It's not even like they would have actually have had to spend that much nope. time doing it. But they're not even resolved in the past. Yeah. Because, yeah, your point is totally valid. They could have said, like, we're going to do this, and then their memories get taken away, and obviously they get sidetracked by all the other press. Yeah. But even at that point, they've already made the decision. They're like, eh, nothing we can do. Yeah. Also, 
shouldn't Rumple be a little concerned about what they're up to? Like, couldn't this throw a wrench in his plans? Like, yeah. these are supposed to be the true two greatest heroes, and they've just done one of the most despicable things we've ever seen. What if they're not who you're looking for? And there's no way that he didn't know about them. He had to have known about those. Yeah. He knows everything. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he stood by and let this happen, but... Um, we talked about this a lot in season one, but the dis- I mean, the cheating and the lying that they do, but specifically, like, the opportunities that Charming has to get, or that David has to get out of the situation and then just, like, deliberately chooses to make it worse. Like, I think Snow, for the most part, plays it fine. She talks with Emma, and then Emma's like, well, he did the thing that cheating men never do. He actually left his wife for you. Yeah. Okay. Reasonable to go after him. And then after she finds out that he didn't tell her, she doesn't immediately go like, nope, I'm out. She's like, well, I'm good. Like, well, you were fine. Just like stick with your conviction. And then the fuck are you doing, David? Just, you don't have memories of this. You have a memory that you were leaving her. She even she gave you an out. Yeah, and he just didn't take it. it. I mean, you've always speculated that the curse must have influenced their behavior to some degree, which does make some sense. Though, as he says, there was always a part of us there. And as we now learn, there's a part of them that is just duplicitous. Like, that is kind of who they are at their nature to some degree. It seems very... Not David. I mean... David du- lies a lot. Du- yeah. Um, I-, I think that it... it uh, wanting to be the hero Mm -hmm. in this situation and like not wanting Catherine to get hurt Mm -hmm. i i get it Mm -hmm. i mean if he had just like thought about it for like five more minutes i think he'd be like this everyone is going to get hurt or now everyone is hurt or just (laughs) i don't know what to do and then when an opportunity presents itself walk through the motherfucking yeah like she was like hey i don't really want to have a baby with you maybe we should end this just be like sounds good and then like okay maybe you don't tell her right there but you come back to it later. I mean, it almost feels like David's curse is to not be the man of conviction that Charming is. Even if Charming isn't always right, he is like a man of conviction. Like, he makes a choice and he does the thing. But I think... But then we get to 3A. 3A. And he's lying to Snow. But he made the choice. The choice was to prioritize Henry. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm saying, like, he made a choice and he stuck with it. Yeah. And that's similarly here. He made a choice... To, like, live as heroes and, like, raise our... And, like, he's stuck with it. And, like, the ra- the rationalization, he's, like, holding... He, like, made a choice and he's sticking with it. I mean, technically, you could argue in season one he made a choice that, like, I'm just not gonna hurt her. He made a choice not to make a choice. Well, no, he made a choice, I'm just not gonna hurt her. And Snow talks him out of it and then he goes back, he mm-hmm. stays with his conviction. But that's the problem, that his choice is always, let's see if I can pull this lie off. Mm-hmm. We got three separate instances in four seasons and you doing a big lie. And, like, unnecessarily so... Because we even talked about in 3A, she would have stayed with you. you no, know, damn well. And she said this. She's like, of course, my happy ending's with you. I would stay with you in Neverland. I don't give a shit. We'll just chase Pan around the rest of the time. But he, he constantly goes for it. And he's not good at it. Like, he's not a great liar. Plus, like, they just make out in the street. Oh, man. They're just bad at this. Oh, we're at biggest mistakes, right? Yeah. You know how you can tell these two have never had an affair? Because they do the worst job of concealing it ever. <laughs> and- they make out in the street. The street in broad daylight. What are you doing? Yeah, it's bad. Um, like Regina and Robin have their affair in her crypt, underground, sealed. That's how you do it. Yeah, I mean the other instance of them 
rationalizing a lot is in 4A when Emma wants to give up her magic and they they like rationalize themselves into like maybe this is the right thing. I don't see the comparison. Explain. The rationalizing. I'm not, not the they rationalize a bunch with the egg baby. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like in 4A though I don't know that. I, so I don't. I, I treat rationalizing as I'm justifying doing a bad thing, but maybe it's not that bad because there's a good result. That's just them talking to like, well, if this is what Emma wants, we should just let her do it. Which they're not doing anything bad. They're kind of just letting her make her own call. I mean, Snow literally says we're rationalizing like during this conversation. I know. Um, but like I, they're not. They didn't do anything bad or good. The, the or, thing that they're, it's bad that they're not doing is like actually actively trying to support their daughter. Well, which is something that they care a lot well, about. I mean, one could argue that you're supporting your daughter by letting her make her own. I mean, the show always is arguing, but like she gets to make. You've made this argument many a times. Like, why can't you just do whatever the hell you want? Well, that's what the hell she wants to do. I think it's less about if that's really what she wants and they want to support her in that. Sure, but their support is by doing nothing rather than like talking to her about how they like support that decision or what her decision is, and. I think I'm sorry, you want them to have a, an emotional conversation with fair. Emma? How? How would you even go no, out I doing mean, that? That's that's fair. Um, but I think that like part of the reason that Emma is choosing this is because she feels like no one supports her. Yeah, I mean, look, I have many episodes <laughs> issues with that episode because like that's never just been true. Like it's just a bizarre thing that happens. Like they've never once shown a level of fear or anger. You know, you always talk about like Hookah's always very supportive of her magic. So are they. Yeah. Other than that one episode, they're always like, yeah, we're, they don't say anything. They don't even say negative things about magic. Like, you know how like Robin's like, I don't like magic. They're, they don't seem to have like, if they hated magic, I get it. But like Henry doesn't like magic. That's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know. That one was weird. What are the other mistakes I would think of with them? Yeah, I don't have a ton. I mean, obviously there's like small. The sleeping curse was an insane move by Charming. Yeah. In fucking sane. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> like, I don't. I, calling it the biggest mistake seems unfair because, like, it worked. But, like I said, with, like, Emma jumping in the ocean, like, that was fucking stupid and you gotta win. Well, especially it. if you, like, back out and think about, like, back out of the situation and think about what Charming's. Like, while they were gone, if they don't make it back, Charming never wakes up. Ever. And he is the only, like, in his eyes, he is the only thing standing between Regina taking over this town. Yep. Or, like, Henry, like, being, like, safe. Well, that's also the last Henry parent. Like, Snow's gone. Emma's gone. Charming's gone. Yeah. Like, but really, I, really I, I think at that point, he he knows that Regina won't hurt Henry. Sure. But he does not know that Regina won't hurt everyone else. Like, yep. he has a responsibility yep. to that town, and he just goes under a sleeping curse. Well, not only that, but, like, the argument should have been, Regina, you did this. Yeah. Or Rumpel, you did this. You could argue that it was his wraith. But it's like, one of you motherfuckers needs to go into this. Now, Rumpel would be like, kick rocks. That's not my problem. Yeah. But Regina should have been the one to go under there. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think. Look, I don't agree with it, but I think Snow would say killing the evil queen's mommy is one of her greatest mistakes. It was mm -hmm. the right call. I think, so let me modify it. It was wrong to manipulate Regina into making the kill. That was really bad. That to me is where it was both a bad story beat because I think Regina should have gotten the kill in the sense of like, she stood up to the monster of her story and she's overcome it. That should have been the better plot. Or Snow White should have been like, you've terrorized me and my family for too long. 
yeah, I may be darkening my heart, but fuck you, you gotta go. Instead, we get this terrible choice of manipulating Regina behind her back to thinking she's gonna get her half inning with her mother to kill her. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's a Rumpelstiltskin move. And I think that's why you think Rumpel manipulated her, but that's actually all snow. That shit was her idea. It's all her. Um, it worked. So again, hard to hard to say it didn't work. But, but it didn't work no, in the way she I'm wanted. Making a separate point. Okay. Um, uh, I just killed the thing I love most to cast this curse to save all of us. Now, will you please rip out my heart and split it in half? That was insane. It worked. But it was insane. And I think it worked because she believed that it would work. And she was pregnant. So she was risking three people. I mean, I guess Charming was already dead. She was risking two people to maybe bring back Charming. Yeah. But it worked. I don't know. I mean, look, I say this all the time in sports. I don't judge a decision based on whether or not it worked. You throw a ball in the triple coverage and you happen to get a deflection for a touchdown. That was a terrible fucking decision. You got away with it. <laughs> Conversely, if the guy is wide open and you hit him right in the hands and he drops it, it wasn't a bad move. Uh -huh. You just fucked up. You have to judge the action based on the probability and then there's a variance, right? Like, reasonably speaking, most of the shit Charming does is just not supposed to work. Now, maybe you could make an argument that, like, Charming has just got, like, an aura of luck around him where, like, his probability is always at nine. He's always going to roll a D20 because he just is a hero. But, man, you're taking a lot of crazy-ass chances. And so does Snow. I mean, also, obviously... Pot armor. Telling Cora about Daniel. I don't hold that as much against her as... She, her intentions were good. She's also 10. Yeah. Like, a 10-year-old doesn't... Like, Emma should have known better not to bring back someone from the past. You're a grown-ass woman. You know the consequences. A 10-year-old girl's gonna make that... Like, yeah. I wouldn't hold that against Henry. Like, when Henry goes boom, goes the dynamite, we're like, well, that was stupid... But that's kind of the stupidity I expect from a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. But you know she thinks about it all the time. I know she does. It's the same reason, you know, I said this early, and I was like, the adults need to stop letting the kids make decisions because kids are irrational. Whether it was Bellfire wanting to go through in the portal and take the magic, or Snow White talking to Korra. Like, kids are stupid. Like, they're kids. Like, they don't know any better. Like, you're going to fuck this up. Yeah. And Korra manipulated her, too. Like, that was the other main part. Like, she knew she knew something. It's true. Um... I feel like there was another one in the past with Charming. Oh, Charming. Lock the door. Don't let your mother come out of the house. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's more Ruth's mistake, but like, you know he's got this. What did you do? Even if you didn't get hit by the arrow, you were a weapon to be, you were something to be used against him. Stay your ass in the house and let your Avenger son handle these terrible knights who have no chance. That was a big mistake. Yeah. Big. Agreed. Cost him dearly. All right. I think that's about I mean, obviously, the biggest mistake is what we just learned. Yes, obviously. Funny. And my like my biggest question moving forward is, will this have consequences? I mean, it's already got some consequences. Emma hates them. Yep. To a new level. I, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I'm good. All right. So we are now about to move into spoilers. Though not as many spoilers as I would like. Yeah, that's true. Um, so if you have not watched the full series, I recommend you stop listening and we will tell you when to come back. Okay, synopsis. It'll be quick, unfortunately. Um, so in the rest of 4B, we get them reconciling with Emma and sort of seeking redemption for themselves? Not really. I don't feel like we, that actually occurs. No, I mean, like, they, they do try to help Maleficent, but not it just sort of works out. Do they apologize? I don't know. That's not I don't good. know. Um, 
In 5A, the they travel to the Enchanted Forest to find Emma, who has become the Dark One. And then they travel to Camelot. Um, and Charming becomes a knight of the round table. Wait, did you say they intentionally traveled to the Enchanted Forest? They sure did. Huh, I'll be damned. Yeah. Okay. They have a way to do that now. Of course they do. Um, in 5B, they travel to the Underworld to save Hook from death. Um, Snow helps them find Hercules and helps him move on. Charming works with Hook to cross Snow's name off of the headstone so that she can go home to baby Neil. And Charming fights with his twin brother James, and James ends up in the River of Souls. 6A and B. Um, Snow and Charming get trapped in the land of untold, untold stories with Zelina and Hook, uh, and are able to come back through Henry's power of belief, essentially. Um, David learns that his father didn't draw, die a worthless drunk, but was actually killed by Hook. Dark. Dark. Um, Hook also learns that at that time. <laughs> he really killed the man. He but did he didn't not know, know that was, was David's father. Uh, the evil queen puts a sleeping curse on their shared heart so that they can't both be awake at the same time. Uh, they give up the sapling, which was like the spark of their true love, which could have reunited them and broken the sleeping curse so that Emma can find Hook. Uh, Regina saves them by asking the town to take part of their sleeping curse. And under the Dark Fairy's curse, Snow awakes Charming after he falls from the beanstalk and dies? Question mark? They're not really in season seven, but in the like final episodes, um, they show up. They help the heroes in the Wish Realm fight Wish Rumple, and then um, Snow crowns Regina as the Good Queen. So they've they they, I think the the sleeping curse on their shared heart is a fairly big storyline. Although, as you point out, I think it's mostly about Regina. Um, I think they're and they have a they still have a lot of good like lines there's still like some great scenes that they're in but they've they are side characters from now on the show really suffers by pushing them to the side Mm -hmm. like unfortunately because we had to make space for other stories yes this is me bitching about emma mostly because we needed emma to be forefront and be the savior and all these things we lose a lot of the greatness that is snow and charming well and it is also possible like i like maybe there was more to say but maybe they said everything that they wanted to say like the because part of the thing that i have a hard time with the flashbacks moving forward especially when they're about snow and charming is it feels like they wedge it in in between things that we already know but they don't say so like i would agree with you if we got the things that we talked like we just listed things that we never got to see david overcome not being comfortable being a leader Uh we never got to watch snow actually be a leader we don't even get to see snow and charming really raise a kid because like they're just so out of it like there are things that it would have been nice you know snow having i always like the inversion of hey i never did this thing but you did snow having to go to regina for advice on how to be a mother would be interesting Mm mm-hmm no, I agree. Charming does not like Charming having to go to Rumple for advice on how to rate because Char- Rumple raised a young boy mm-hmm. by himself. Charming never had to do that. Now it's like, what? What do I do? Uh, I mean, I, I've said this many times. Like Henry, the first time he dates, it would be hilarious to see both Regina and Snow's reaction. When we do get a little bit of that in five, a little, a yeah, Camelot, uh-huh. but not 
not to the degree that we should have. Like, yeah. They need to be a central part of the story. Like, if the story revolves around those two plus Rumpel and Regina, I think the show would have been fine to keep telling the stories. But they pushed them, like, they fucked up Rumpel, they pushed the Charmings off to the side, and now we're kind of just left with, like, Regina's got to carry a lot of weight by herself. Mm -hmm. And they fucked up Rumpel. <laughs> And that's to turn this into a Rumpel episode, but they fucked him up bad. Yeah, they fucked up Rumpel bad. They um, did. Even, like, you know, like, going to the relationships, we don't get much of... Emma and the Charmings really don't go any deeper past, like, this that I recall. Like, that's it. It seems to be kind of over. They're just where they are. Well, and even when you think about, like, the shared... The, the curse on their shared heart, like, they... I think the show was grasping at straws a little bit and was like, remember when the evil queen was great? Maybe we should just bring back the evil queen. And even when they do that, like, I, I do think that the, the curse on their heart is interesting. Right. But but then, like, everything that happens after that, like, kind of isn't about them or their interaction with the evil queen. And, like, she could just, like... I think a big part of her wreaking havoc could be wreaking havoc with only one of them awake at a time. Because they kind of like, you know, some they need each other to not do crazy shit. Like, <laughs> or like, you know, in my fairy tale world where Emma doesn't exist, Henry having to navigate essentially almost like divorced parent syndrome mm -hmm. would have been fascinating to see. We're like, yeah, they're not divorced, but you only get one at a time because one's going to be like, that would have been yeah. fun to see Henry have to navigate that. Or even, you know, like, I think the idea of them being together but apart is fine because that's that's who they are. But the grasping at straws, as you said, because it's the evil queen, but not really. It's like this bizarre, stupid split that we talked about in the Regina deep dive, and they don't dig into like their relationships anymore. Like the flashbacks are just fun side adventures, but you don't get much. Well, and I mean, a, another huge missed opportunity, a relationship we don't have on this list is Neil, like baby Neil. And and I like I understand that he's a baby. They need to time jump. They need to shoot him forward. Yeah. And they do they don't necessarily need to jump. Like No, he needed to jump. Like the kid just needed to age up. Right. But like if this show was more if a half season was more than like a week, like <laughs> they could he could just grow up normally. <laughs> yeah, like, oh hey, uh seven years later or something. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean I think it would have been nice to see the parallels of like, oh, I remember when Henry was a sage. Uh-huh. We missed this with Emma and all of the things that like them experiencing what it's like to both be a grandparent to a teenage Henry and a parent to a, you know, middle or elementary school kid would have been interesting. Well, and really the only time that we do talk about them parenting Neil, it's an episode about Emma. Always. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's disappointing. Unfortunately, they, much like Hook, are ruined by the presence of Emma. Like, it, it is a better show when she is actually just the straight woman from one and she's kind of witnessing the crazy. But, like, when the show centrally revolves around her... They're just like pushed out of her orbit. Well, and the I mean, I think the central premise in especially six, but also five A and B, like the central, like the central plot premise is bad. Like it's just bad. Five B, the premise is actually not bad. It's just misutilized. Like if if five B, so. 5A, I think, is terrible. Dark Swan is the worst. It's the low point of this season to me that doesn't involve Frozen. Jennifer Morrison just not convincing as a villain. And he's like, I just don't care about Camelot. Like, it's just not interesting to me. It's just, I, I like the Knights of the Round Table, but it's not, it doesn't fit this show, in my opinion. Not the way they do it. I mean, I also don't think the Underworld does in for the same reason. Oh, the Underworld so fits. It is a perfect use of all of the things. They have so it's many. It's not a fairy tale. It's not about the fairy tale, though. It's about what they could have explored. 
Regina and Snow are friends. Snow White having to then talk to her father, who is disgusted at the idea that you are working with the woman who murdered me and her having to confront the fact that people change, Daddy, and Mommy wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. That could have been an amazing episode, but we don't get that. We don't get uh, Charming getting to really talk to his father and find out all that. Like None of them explore the depths of the things that they have done. Regina confronting all the people that she's killed. Like There could have been an entire town hall meeting of, you murdered all of us. Help. Let Rumple go in the underworld and be like, all the people confronted me. He's like, I don't fucking care about you. I would love... That would have been great. This is a complete aside and not really about something charming. I want like a Lower Decks episode of... The town people? Yeah. Or just like, you know, guard that works for Regina that's like, fuck, I have got to quit this job. <laughs> like, this lady is insane. Yesterday, we went to question some people about Snow White, who I have been told is, you know, a lying, treacherous woman. And then Regina just, she just killed all of them. I mean, that would be amazing. Snow murdered Korra, and Snow and Korra don't even interact. I know, it's that's really... That, the underworld being an unfair tale is fine because they all have so many skeletons in their past. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that I have a really hard time with the underworld is like, well, why don't we just do this all the time? What do you mean? It, it It's like a... It's like a magic, like, why don't we just go save people that die all the time? Well, I, I, the saving hook is stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. But, like, the having to confront the ghost of your past, other than no, like, I, being I like ghost, that. is a great concept for this show. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> the concept was fine, but we, instead, like, it's weird. For a show that is about emotions and growth and change, they skip over all of the hard parts of this conversation. In that season specifically, we should have, it, like, Rumpel's the only one who confronts the ghost of his past. He goes and finds Mila. Mm -hmm. And that episode is actually pretty fucking good. Also has my favorite moment in the series. But it's like, Regina doesn't confront the ghost of her past. Snow and Charmy don't. Uh, Snow killed Korra. If a vengeful Korra was down there, like, mm -hmm. I would love Korra and Leopold both pissed off at their respective daughters for working with the other one. It's like, they murdered me. How could you forgive, avenge me? Mm -hmm. You don't get that. Charming. I mean, Charming having to deal with his dad. That, that was the perfect episode to go to. Also, aren't we going down there to save Hook? The man who murdered your father? That would have been a money reveal right there. How dare you save this man? He, I'm the reason I'm down here because of him. He doesn't know that. Yeah. But we could have found that out in yeah. five. Because Hook, like, Hook could have run it. Hook could have been trying to divert David because he doesn't want him to find out what he did. Mm -hmm. Would have been great. Ne Neil? Neil should have been way bigger than that silly little one-time flashback. Yeah. And unfinished business, he absolutely could have expressed the regret that we talked about. Like, I got reckless. I was so desperate to get back to you, and I can't move on. Instead, he's just happy now? I'm like, ah, that's some bullshit. Or him being there to be like, Dad, fucking fix it, man. Like, my redemption is you gotta stop fucking up. <laughs> fix, fix yourself. Fix this show. Fix <laughs> I mean, it's like, they, they had so many characters who there was unfinished business and mm -hmm. things that could have really helped them grow. That they skip for, unfortunately, a Captain Swan plot and a bad Hades and Zelina plot. I don't give a fuck about either of those two. And that's all we get. Other yeah. than Rumpel's fun little side story. It's it's And a baby. And a baby bell story. I also really don't like season six is just not Oh, season six is broken it's beyond belief. really bad. But there's also some like land of untold stories stuff that we like don't really dive into. Like it would have been kind of interesting to see some some element of god all we ever do is try to like we 
get together and then we somebody pulls us apart and we have to find each other like maybe if we just go to the land of untold stories we can just like hang out here and be happy like they never even like talk about anything like that like we never get any interiority from snow and charming like ever again i wish six were actually a story about everything being normal and how miserable everyone is i mean yeah that's love is boring it's like a but not even yeah love is boring but like <laughs> Imagine the entire town, like, right? Everyone's always complained that there's a monster here and this, but, like, I think them coming to a realization that, like, as much as we bitched about this, our life is boring without it. Like, the curse was, it reminds us of the curse, where it's like, things got interesting once we woke up, and now we're just back to the norm, and normal sucks. Love is boring, but, like, it's funny that I never understand why people always say that. I mean, other than the fact that, like, usually when you put the main characters together, it does ruin the show, whether it's Frasier, Castle, or whatever but like often i think it's because they had like one singular thing they focus on you can do it right flash did it fine well and even um i disagree with that the I show was significantly like the show less after but it had nothing to do with iris and uh I... barry getting together no that's true it was the villains got bad yeah okay um uh i lost my train of thought it has we're talking about love was boring love is so. boring Love is boring. It's fine. Love is boring. Yeah. Boring. What a fascinating concept. Um, but a show like this, I feel like Love is Boring can be... You can step on that. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a show about love, fundamentally. It's at true. its core. And it's the different types of love. Well, we don't really... Like, Snow and Charming's relationship doesn't really change at all. Like, we don't see them grow mm -mm. really at all. Well, they don't go through any hardship other than the same hardship they always go through. They don't go through the hardship of uh, what happens when their kid starts pulling away because he's a teenager and he's got their own life and they overreact because they think it's some magical curse or it's a demon and then Regina's like, that's just puberty. Yeah. You just have to accept that this is going to happen and of course they're, they're going to think it's somebody's curse or they're going to go on these things and then Regina's like, nah, that's just normal. That's normal. Well, that would have been fun. Well, and they, that's not to say that there isn't anything like fun here, especially when they're in that, in the sleeping curse on their hearts oh the snow white ruby and regina episode? oh my god that's amazing fantastic it's fantastic like drunk snow is hilarious is that the axe throwing episode? yes yeah and i mean it, it is like they're both very good at portraying this kind of like like i, re I remember they like start by like leaving each other like video messages and notes and then at one point like they're just so tired yeah. and like some I think it's charming. Like tries to write a note, and he just kind of doesn't. And yeah. Snow wakes up, and she's like, "Yeah, whatever." Like they're like, it's sad. Well, they're also over it at that point. Like yeah. it's been happening for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the problem with later in the show is that like, you know, not to go too far into Regina, but like splitting her was one of the dumbest decisions they've ever made. You are the sum of who you are. David talked about that in season mm -hmm. two. Like, I am David. We are both. We are both. You can't you can't split rumple from gold and pretend like one is but like you you, you are the totality your yeah. memories and who, what the things you've done splitting them ruins that and then unfortunately when it comes to snow and charming splitting them like the show works because we get to see them as like this is what you're all striving for okay well like fine some conflict is good but like i've seen this with them going to a different land i've seen this with the curse now we're just going to do another sleep it's like we're hitting the same notes mm -hmm. over and over and you're putting a new coat of paint on a you know it's a pig with lipstick um i'm not sure there's like a lot more to talk about in terms of we can talk about charming and his father yeah um but i don't like nothing else really i get the relationship to hook changes a little bit too 
Um, but that's about it. I think the thing to talk about is how much they didn't get talked about anymore. Like, yeah. It is very clear, pretty much, this 4B, where we're at now, is the last time the Charmings are central to the plot. Mm -hmm. After that, they became regularly occurring extras, basically. They, they, it don't, doesn't feel central. They shift out. And I don't blame them for leaving after. And maybe part of this was like they were kind of done. So mm -hmm. they just asked to be gradually faded out. But, I mean, I've said it many times. They're the best at bringing the funny. They're the best at bringing the heartwarming stuff. Like, when you don't have those two characters, you're putting a lot of emotional weight on two other characters now in Rumpel and Regina. Because I don't think uh, Emma can do it. Like, that's just not her skill set. Um, and then a lot of the other characters are underdeveloped. Robin is very underdeveloped. Will Scarlet fades away. We never really see him again. Um, Hook has no character that doesn't involve Emma, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Well, it may be... Because like, I'm i a big supporter of, you know, the sh a show told the story it wanted to tell and it ended. Sure. Sure. Um, or, like, this character's arc was over and they left. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe their arc is over. Or, like, if they... I think if they had truly... I, I mean, I agree with all the wonderful ideas that you came up with, which are not what we got. <laughs> but if we're sticking with other characters here, like, if they had truly let them be recurring characters where there could be episodes that focus on them like or where they're only in some episodes that as supporting characters like that's fine but i feel like they kind of tied them into this contractual obligation where they're main cast on a show where they're actually not main cast and it resulted in bad stories mom and dad should have gone home uh -huh. what they talked about it too is what they should this show probably really should have been most five seasons if we're being honest yeah. and they should have said at the end of this snow and charming are going to go back and fix the kingdom doesn't mean they never see them again. It just means that, like, now that we have a way to travel between realms, yeah. we're going to visit you. We're grandparents. And there'll be in three, four episodes a season. There'll be one where we have to go to the Enchanted Forest. We go find mom, uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. We're good. But now it's time to phase them out. The story's been told. That's great. But because they stretched this out over seven seasons and they didn't have enough plot and they didn't know what to talk about, it just became like, well, what are you guys here for? Kind of like, it's almost like Neverland. Why are you here? Yeah. If you're not going to use them... And it's unfortunate because they're arguably two of the four best actors we have on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, let's talk about, I think, Charming and his dad is probably the next. Yeah. This is the last great revelation we get with the Charmings, to my knowledge. Probably. Um, yeah. So. Well, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Jumping back to what you were just saying. Totally. They're in the Enchanted Forest or they're. Even if they aren't, even if they aren't, they live on their farm in Storybrooke, ah, whatever. <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, Hook and Emma are getting married, so they have to come back and help plan the wedding. And, like, I mean, like, they're hilarious in those episodes. Can I get <laughs> older man um, charming who tries to regain his youth by growing back out his hair? Oh, I God. just, I want an episode. That would be amazing. But they go, they go to the farm, you know, because he wants to go back to his, like, childhood farm, and he lives there, and his hair, and everyone's like, what the hell? And so I was like, I've been trying to get him to cut it for a long time. And he's like, what are you talking about? I look great. And everyone's like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, anyway, yes. So Charming and his father. So this happens in 6A. It's an untold story that um the evil queen uh just like she sparks it to play out by giving Charming that coin that mm. belonged to his father because she wanted to sow discord between, like, Charming and Hook. And well, the, therefore the heroes. You said the evil queen. I was like, I don't remember Regina doing that. Yeah. I now forgot. At this point, listeners, 
Regina and Evil Queen are two separate characters. Separate people, yeah. They've split them. So now Regina Mills is one person and the Evil Queen is another person. That's right. Um, Ridiculous. What is, the, what is the Evil Queen's name? The Evil Queen. Her name is Regina. She also goes by Regina. Does she? Yes. I'm sorry. She also just... calls herself Henry's mom. Well, she has all the same memories. So he's got three moms now? Yeah. <laughs> Um, There's only never mind. I'm not gonna say that out loud. Yep. Uh, okay, so Charming's father, Robert, did not remember that was his name. Is the reason that he's a drunk is that he is tortured by the decision that he made to give up James as a child, and he wants to get it back. That's like his whole thing. He's like, I'm gonna. He quits drinking and he's gonna go get it. Um, James has gone missing in in George's kingdom. And it turns out that he traveled to Pleasure Island from Pinocchio. Uh, so he's in danger of turning into a donkey, etc. Um, that's what happens to the boys on Pleasure Island. Uh, they turn into a donkey? Yeah, like if they eat candy. I don't know. I haven't seen Pinocchio in a really that's long a time. They definitely turn into donkeys, though. It's really scary. <laughs> Is Pinocchio like a horror fairy tale? I don't know. He Maybe. gets chased by a whale that eats him. Yeah. He can be turned into a wooden boy if he's not perfect. And apparently you can eat candy. That's not quite part of, like, he... What is his... Is that not... He is... So he's a toy that Geppetto made. He's made of wood. But he's turned into a real boy. And the at the end of the story, yeah. the blue fairy turns him into a real boy. But there's conditions, isn't there? No. Oh, so in the actual story, the blue fairy isn't awful. Yeah. And she, like, also barely talks... That's also wish I was true for Disney. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll go on the ride when we're at Disneyland, and you can get the, the story. Oh. <laughs> right. Um. So Robert finds James and kind of vows to, he's like, you're part of our like he's gonna take him back. George finds him at the same time, and despite his best efforts, um, George and his men capture Robert and. Uh, are gonna kill him. They're gonna drown him. They're gonna drown him, and then they encounter Hook and his men, and they kill the Hook kills Hook's team kills the guards, and then they're gonna like take all the stuff that's on the cart. I don't know, like gold or whatever. Um, and then they kill Robert. For, well, Robert Hook, Hook kills Robert. Robert specifically says, "Thank you very much. I won't tell a soul." And he goes, "You're right, because dead men tell no tale." Yeah, and, and then, then comically stabs him through an obscenely long sword, like. There's no way Hook carries a cutlass that big. Because that thing just impales him and just all the way through. It's fucking ridiculous. Scene. It is ridiculous. Um, and then they pour alcohol on him, even though he was not drunk, and push his cart down the ravine, which is why Charming always thought that his father died drunk. Yeah, I mean, I thought that revelation was interesting because obviously Charming carried around a hatred of his father for his entire life. Mm -hmm. And it turns out his father was flawed, but his father wasn't a bad man. Like, he was... He made a decision which he felt was backed into a corner and then he ultimately regretted that decision, tried to fix it and it cost him his life. Uh -huh. I I'm assuming. And then he never even got to tell his mother. So obviously his, so like, another thing I wish like Ruth and Robert had reunited in the underworld and be like, I didn't just leave you. I mm -hmm. went to go find our boy. So that would have been nice to see them get a happy ending. Yeah. Charming's relationship gets, because like I would have thought this would have complicated it more with hook, but it doesn't. I think and he I mean, bullies Hook this entire episode. He bullies Hook really bad in this episode. I mean, this is 
charming tunnel vision. I have made a decision and I am doing it like to a T. I mean, he does this in 3A where he forces Hook to... Yeah. Like, this is way worse because he's just like bullying him about everything. Like, it's one of the worst charming episodes as far as like characterization that I can recall. Well, like, he makes him... He makes Hook lie to Emma. Like, and steal something from him. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, And like, obviously, I think Hook feels... He's he feels a little trapped in a corner here. Like he does not want to lie to Emma, yeah. but also like he wants to help Charming, but he doesn't think that what Charming's doing is the right thing to do. And he eventually stops Charming from killing George. Yeah, he does. Also, doesn't Charming hold it over his head that like you want my approval for the wedding? Yes. So like he basically blackmails him yeah. into doing it because mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, I want like I think he says you want her hand yeah. in marriage, you're gonna help me. Yeah, and I think Hook feels really bad about this the whole oh, time. Yeah. And he also, like, genuinely wants, he, he both wants the approval, but he also genuinely wants to help Charming, but he's like, what are you doing? Okay, here's what I don't understand. I'm going to present a scenario. Let's say I'm the Charming of this scenario, and I'm doing something this ridiculous. Who would you immediately go tell to get me to stop? Snow. <laughs> but I, I think that Hook is afraid that if he tells Snow... Like, Charming will hate him forever. Snow can just make Charming not hate him. I know. Let's be real. We know who wears the pants in that relationship. If Snow says, no, you were in the wrong, you're not allowed to be mad, he ain't allowed to be mad anymore. Yeah. This is not an even, I mean, also, Charming knew he was wrong. Well, and it, it a little bit feels, it, 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 the, like, the first ask is, like, pretty small. Sure. It's like, okay, and then, it, like, it just keeps building on itself. You do a bad worse. thing. Yeah. It's like, and, like. His level of desperation is interesting in that, it, much like Emma in that one episode, the desperation just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it, it isn't like a, like, if he had been struggling with this, like, I kind of wish we got that tease for A. And then, like, over the years, he's always like, I wish I knew what happened to my father. Or, and then, like, now he's so close. I, like, Regina's desperation makes sense in the episode where she snaps at Pinocchio because she's been chasing this for a while. Mm -hmm. He, like, seems to never, he's, like, very confident he knows what happened to his father. He gets the coin all of a sudden, he's like, what the fuck? And he just loses his mind. And also, Snow isn't even in that episode. Like, that's the first person you would think he would go to for help. And she should be back full-time by then. I mean, they're not still in the curse, are they? Or are they maybe... No, uh, they are in the curse, actually. Oh, so she's asleep at this point. Yeah, um, but, but, I mean... Yeah, I guess it would have been harder for Hook to tell her because she would have he would have had to convince Charming to wake Snow up so that he could tell her. Yeah. He would have had to stall... Wait for Charming to go to sleep and tell. Maybe aren't cursed yet. Well, then that's even. I'm not sure. I was thinking more like actually in real life because she has the baby in five B, like a real life baby. But Jennifer Goodwin has mm -hmm. a baby. I was like, no, there you had the baby. That was at the end of three B. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. Um, and oh, I, but I think she was pregnant during three B or three A or something like that when we do the Medusa flashback. She was pregnant. During three, B B. Yep. So that's her second kid that she has at five. Then yeah. Okay. Um, I think that the the interesting part of this is that so Snow had a picture perfect view of her mother, and then would later gain information that would kind of destroy that picture. Mm -hmm. Charming had like the opposite. He mm -hmm. detested his father. He thought he was a giant piece of shit. Who was like, you are the exact opposite of everything I want to be in life. And then he got information and was like, I'll be damned. He wasn't actually a yeah. bad man. Now, I mean, I mean, and like, I think anyone can relate to a drinking problem of a regret of a mistake that you've made and lost your son. And so it's like they, they go inverse in their relationship to their parents. We're like, OK, well, now I, I don't know because we never really get this. But like, I think his father can is essentially at peace now. His ghost disappears. And that's the last we hear of it. Right. Like his ghost disappears. 
He's a ghost? Yeah, so in the episode, he sees his father. Like, Robert appears to him and says that, like, the story you think is true is not true. And he says, find out what happened. Oh, I kind of assumed that that was not real, and partially because I always want to think ghosts are real, um, and partially because I, I thought that that was a part of the plot that the evil queen planted, so that he, oh, like... no, like, I think... Like, I don't know that it was a real ghost. I th I've assumed it has always really been Robert. That's I mean, why. That, that makes sense. I mean, I literally always try to assume that ghosts are not real. And that's a safe assumption in real life. However, in a show with magic and the fact that we've seen Korra's ghost, we can Fair. assume that ghosts do exist in Storybrooke. Fair. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's the last great reveal we get. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's worth talking a little bit about at the end of 6. Um, it's B. Yeah. So, like, it, the end of 6B feels like a series finale. It does. Impending Doom is certainly the yeah. end of this. Um, is this Black Fairy's Curse? Yeah, but the, but after that, they their happy ending is Snow continues to be a school teacher, which she's yep. always loved doing, mm -hmm. and they move to a farm, and Charming is a farmer, which he always loved doing. Yep, um, and he the he, the kid their kid Neil helps them helps Charming farm, and they also have a dog. Do they leave Storybrooke? No, they just move to a farm in Storybrooke. Yes. Okay. Does Emma leave Storybrooke? No. Got it. Um, well, and then at the end of seven, Regina brings all of the realms together. They're all one. So they're all one. Yeah. But that's, I mean, they're yeah. not really in seven. They're just in like the They're in the last episode. two episodes, just as like a welcome mm -hmm. back. Which I think would have been fine to do for probably the last five, six, and seven. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about like biggest mistakes, because truth to be told, there's not much to go. Like the relationship with Regina doesn't change. The relationship with Emma doesn't change. The relationship with Hook kind of goes back and forth. I mean, I guess in that episode... Where I, I think it mostly is on a, like starting to feel better about Hook's trajectory in that episode. It's Follow bad. Up, yeah. But at the end of the episode, to give Charming credit, he's like, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. But, but like, he's point, like, you're, you're a good person and you deserve to marry my daughter. Before we find out that Hook is the one who murdered his father. Yep. Yep. And then... Because Hook doesn't Hook doesn't know it until after all everything in the course of the episode happens. Well, because it's the story, and he realizes that memory sounds familiar, and then he does the dream catcher, and then he sees we see the reveal of the ridiculous cutlass slicing Robert. No, I think if there's the um, August finds a page from the book oh. of the story, and Hook sees a picture of Robert, and he realizes who Robert was. So he did remember him once he saw it. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Dreamcatcher thing is later. Hook tries to take the memories out because he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't deal with it. Yeah. So he's like, if I just take these away, then nobody ever has to think about but it. But that's the first time that we see him murder the dad, I think. I think we just know he recognizes him, but we didn't know he was the killer until... Yeah, I think when he looks at the page, we then get more of a flashback of what uh, happens. I thought we only find out in the Dreamcatcher. No, I don't think so. Okay. Because I think we know the whole time. Because, like, there's several episodes after that where Hook is, like, struggling with, should I tell Emma? Should I tell Snow? Because we always thought he died with George, and then, the like, the twist of that episode is mm -hmm. it's Hook who killed him. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot that changes there. Um, Henry and them really don't 
do much anymore, which like, especially in Camelot, there was such a great opportunity. Henry always wanted yeah, to be in nice. Paris. You know, they already yeah. talked about that in two, like that was a perfect bonding experience, especially because like, look, I love Regina and Emma as far as parents for Henry, but like, there's not a real male figure. He's like with Neil being dead. Mm -hmm. Charming is the logical, like, hello, but we don't ever dating advice who the hell is he gonna go to for dating advice it ain't gonna be rumple he got two granddads and we know rumple is not good at dating you get your granddad is named charming i'd go to charming for dating advice like, sure. uh we don't get that emma i feel like emma's relationship with the charmings really gets put to the side it's all about emma and hook now it's emma and hook's relationship with like how the charmings feel about them together yeah i mean there's a lot of the because in six with the with the savior and that shake the shaking she it's mostly about emma and she has the information and like doesn't share it with them so if she had done that i think they would have tried to help snow and regina i guess grow a little bit more they they really do become like they're no longer adversarial almost ever yeah that's absolutely true um in fact regina goes to extraordinary lengths to like fix their curse and then when Snow is depressed, Regina is there for her. Like, that's the whole scene that we talked about that was really funny. Because mm -hmm. um, And she calls someone, too. Like, uh, is Snow White, like, challenging, I don't know, people from, like, it looked like uh, something from Thor who she was challenging. Like, Vikings. Like, Brave, or... maybe? Sure. Brave sounds <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they really got shifted to the background. I mm -hmm. think it hurt the show a lot. I agree. Well, I'm glad that we got to know them. I yeah, I mean for the first four seasons they're fantastic. They're really, really, really good. I'd probably say they're two of my two of my five favorite characters. I really liked Neil. Yeah. He just didn't get a lot enough time. I like Henry too. I've actually grown to appreciate Henry more. But yeah, I mean they're the best relationship. They're also the funniest. Like Regina's barbs are funny, but Regina herself isn't particularly hilarious. Snow can make any line sound funny. Yeah. We're making a volcano. <laughs> banditry <laughs> well it's just they find themselves in such ridiculous situations and they will they play it off as so normal sometimes because yeah. i think they're kind of used to the absurd yeah um yeah no they in a world where i have the author's pen and redo this show with them as the central characters i think we get a better show absolutely well please be sure to join us next time when we turn to our return to our regularly scheduled programming season four, episode 18 heart of gold. We'll see you next time.